Hi, I'm Hattie and welcome to Hattie Talks. Today, I'm talking about American investigative journalist and early leader in the civil rights movement, Ida B. Wells. Ida B. Wells was born on the 16th of July, 1862 in Holly Springs, Mississippi, to James and Elizabeth Wells, who instilled the importance of education in her. She was born into slavery but freed under the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 and later joined Russ College, a freedman's school in her hometown of Holly Springs. However, in September 1878, whilst visiting her grandmother, she learnt that a yellow fever epidemic had taken hold of her hometown and killed her parents and infant brother. To help support her siblings, she took a job as a teacher at the age of 16, and in 1884 she moved the family to Memphis, Tennessee, where she continued her work as an educator. It was around this time that she attended Fisk University in Nashville for several summers. It was also around this time in 1884 that she got her first introduction to US law, when she filed a lawsuit against Chesapeake and Ohio Railroad, a train car company, in Memphis for unfair treatment. She won the case on a local level, however the ruling was overturned in federal court. It was a few years later, in 1891, that she began as a journalist, writing some newspaper articles under the pen name Iola, in which she criticised the level of education available to African-American children. That same year, her teaching contract was not renewed, and so she became a full-time journalist after becoming co-owner and editor of the local paper called Memphis Free Speech, using her journalism skills to shed light on the lives of African Americans in the South. After the lynching of three of her friends in 1892, she turned the focus of her journalism towards white mob violence. For reference, lynching was the practice of killing someone for an alleged offence without a legal trial. However, in the late 1800s in Southern America, it had moved beyond this, and white mobs targeted black men and women for a series of reasons. In the case of Ida B. Wells' friends, it is because they owned a shop which was drawing customers away from other shops run by white owners in the local area. These lynchings often came without any subsequent legal action or consequence for the murderers. When researching lynching, she analysed specific cases through newspaper reports and police records, and often interviewed people who had lost family and friends to lynch mobs. In doing so, she risked her life to get this information. In the past, those committing the crimes had said that the lynching was a response to the crimes committed by black men, but she found that this was not the case, and in fact these murders were a deliberate and brutal tactic to control and punish black people. Her controversial writings led to her being fired by the Memphis Free Speech paper, and so she published her findings in articles in other local newspapers and in booklets. The first booklet that she published on the subject was titled Southern Horrors, Lynch Law in All Its Phases, which she published in 1892. As a black person investigating racially motivated murders, she enraged locals, particularly with her 1892 expose, and while she was out of town, they burned her newspaper presses and threatened to kill her if she ever returned to Memphis, and so she moved to New York. Whilst living in New York, she became a writer for a paper there called The New York Age. She continued to lecture about the lynching that was taking place in the South and became an organiser of anti-lynching societies. In 1893, she joined other African-American leaders in their boycott of the World's Columbian Exposition, which they accused of locking out African-Americans and negatively portraying the black community. Around this time, she also began to travel internationally, visiting Great Britain twice and also doing national tours of major US cities. The aim of these visits was to shed light on lynching to foreign audiences. Whilst abroad, she also openly confronted the white women in the suffrage movement who ignored lynching. She played a major role in campaigning for women's suffrage in the US, particularly for black women. This was at a time where many of the already existing suffrage societies did not practice intersectional feminism. Because of her stance on inclusive feminism, she was largely ostracised and ridiculed by women's suffrage organisations in the US. 
On one such occasion where she fought back against the racist principles of these suffrage groups was in a march for women's suffrage in Washington, D.C. She ignored the organisers' order to walk alongside the other black women at the back, and instead she marched up front alongside the white women. Despite the controversy surrounding her, she remained an active member of the women's rights movement throughout her life. A few years after she published her first book, in 1895 she published her second, entitled A Red Record, once again giving a detailed look at lynching. That same year, she got married to famed African-American lawyer Ferdinand Barnett and adopted the surname Wells Barnett. Together, the couple had four children and she contributed to her husband's newspaper, The Chicago Conservator. Two years before the marriage, she had moved to Chicago and upon getting married, she began to focus on Chicago affairs in her journalism and travel less internationally. From 1898 to 1902, Wells Barnett served as secretary to the National Afro-American Council and seven years later, she helped found the NAACP. Despite being in Niagara Falls in Ontario for the founding, her name is not mentioned as an official founder and she was left off the controlling committee of 40. However, she later became a member of the organisation's executive committee, but left and distanced herself soon after as she became disenchanted by the NAACP's white and elite black leadership. She helped form multiple groups as well as the NAACP, including a group she founded in 1910, which aided newly arrived migrants from the South. And in 1913, she founded what may have been the first black women's suffrage group in the US, called Chicago's Alpha Suffrage Club. Towards the end of her life, she moved her focus towards urban reform in Chicago, where she lived. And from 1913 to 1916, she served as a probation officer for the Chicago Municipal Court. Sadly, she passed away on the 25th of March 1931 in Chicago, Illinois. 39 years after her death, her autobiography, Crusade for Justice, was published. Thank you for listening to Hattie Talks. I hope you enjoyed it and found it informative. Sadly, this is the last episode of the series, and for the next 10 to 12 months, I'm stepping down from Hattie Talks to focus on schoolwork. As well as this being the last episode for a while, it is also the 50th episode of Hattie Talks, and I just want to say a big, big thank you to everyone who's listened over the past year and a bit. I'll be back in a year with a brand new series on maths. Thank you again for listening to Hattie Talks. Have a great week.